Welcome to Shelter in Place, a podcast about finding daily sanity in a world that feels increasingly insane. Coming to you from Oakland, California, I'm Laura Joyce Davis. Before I get started, I want to give a huge shout out to Alexis and Matt Iaconis at Brick and Mortar and Delta Wines. Even in these tough times, they've stepped up to be the first sponsor of Shelter in Place. I can personally vouch for both the quality of wines you'll receive and the integrity of this small local business, which needs your support to survive right now. When you order wine from brickandmortarwines.com or winesforchange.com, you can get 10% off your order by using the promo code SHELTER. If you order six or more bottles from Brick and Mortar, you'll also get free shipping and overnight shipping in California. It's Saturday. Since every day feels the same right now, I'm calling this Story Saturday, my attempt to give you a little something to make this day feel different from the rest. Today, I want to share with you a story from my community. My name's Sean Donnelly. I'm a creative director at a local video agency called Corduroy Media. I met Sean a few days into the Bay Area shelter-in-place mandate, although saying I met him isn't quite right. We waved to each other through the windows of my living room. Sean had sent a message out to our neighborhood listserv about a project he was doing. I just sent out an email to a Google group in our neighborhood um, saying that I was interested in taking photographs of people and families behind their windows in their homes. I was a few days into this podcast and thinking a lot about what it meant to use my art to mark this time for myself. I wanted to know what that process was like for Sean and also what he was learning about himself and his community. So earlier this week, we set up a Zoom video meeting. Sean came from a family of social workers and artists. His grandmother created the War is Not Healthy for Children and Other Living Things print that came to represent the anti-war movement during Vietnam. As a teenager, those social justice values led him to documentary photography. He loved the way the camera allowed him to explore experiences that were different from his own. My dedication has always been to, you know, storytelling and the capacity for imagery and storytelling to, to create change and have an impact on the world. The company stays true to those documentary film roots and includes a lot of documentary style content that packs great storytelling into two to five minute films. They've done short films for UCSF, stories about healthcare, and about tech companies. A lot of their work is commercial out of necessity, work that pays the bills. But over the past two weeks, Sean and his partner Carl have had to reevaluate everything. When this uh, crisis really took hold, one of the things that was really, really intense right off the bat is, you know, I can't go out and shoot. Like the thing that we mostly do as a company is go out and produce productions. Um, so that was immediately, of course, off the table. Like so many small businesses, they're wondering how long this is going to go on and if they'll survive. Their business is all about being out in the world. They work with actors and shoot on location and also in their studio. But all of that has gone away for the time being. So, like many of us, Sean is turning to his art to help him navigate the daily. I always go back to the Nina Simone quote that uh, the role of an artist is to reflect the times. Once that moment's, is, that moment's gone, you can't capture it again. And we do that all the time in documentary work. When we're telling a long-term story, one of the most important things you do is say, what's happening right now? Where are you at right now? Sean said that windows have long been a trope in art and photography, dating back to at least the Renaissance. 
he sees this project as part of that larger cultural conversation. I really have this theory of art that's like nothing's really original, right? It's all just building blocks. We're all just building upon which was previous, previously done, and it's all a conversation. So I really felt like, hey, it's really like building upon that and also like reflecting this really interesting time. You know, when you think about those like periods of time and where they mark like changes in art and culture, those events that create those. Exactly. Uh, when we look back a hundred years, like this is probably going to be one. He hopes that his Windows project might eventually get picked up. But in the meantime, it's a project he's doing for himself. It's a way for him to keep working, even if he's not getting paid for it. I don't have like huge high hopes right now. It's just like an exploration and a way to stay creative and like pursuing a project. I've learned with like creativity, if you think too far ahead, like it's really easy to get stopped in your tracks rather than just like jumping in and doing it and kind of figuring out as you go. But yeah, just shoot portraits of people as if they're like family portraits looking in a camera with uh, the windows uh, basically in the way between the lens and the subject. I asked Sean what he's noticing from these photos and if they're giving him any insights into this unprecedented time in our world. So there's a few things that are really interesting that happens there. One is that the pictures of the people get obscured naturally. And that's like, I think part of the interest about it is like, hey, there might be a weird reflection where you can't see someone's face or maybe like there's some smudges on the windows. Like that's totally part of it. The photo of your family, one of the things I thought was so beautiful was the happy birthday message in the window. It's like, yeah, like really tells a lot about someone. The message Sean is referring to is one we wrote for our son, whose birthday was on day one of shelter in place. I was struck by Sean's comment about smudges. I've never thought before about how my windows give a pretty accurate reflection of my life. Even from the outside, you can tell something about the messiness or tidiness of our lives. The past couple of weeks, we've been letting our kids draw on our windows with chalk markers. But even before shelter in place, my windows were a mess. My three-year-old loves to put her handprint on them whenever steam or condensation gives her the chance. I do clean my house, but not as often as I'd need to to have windows that gleam. Before shelter in place, I'd never found the time or energy in my life for that kind of consistency. I still haven't. My windows haven't been washed since this all started. A couple of the really beautiful things, I've met more of my neighbors in the last week than I have in four years of living here. Yeah, So that's really interesting. So like really seeing the community involvement that comes out of times like this is pretty fascinating. So there was that. And then also like the difference between the kids and the parents. I think that's very true. I mean, I'm a dad, a new dad, but like the parents, you know, a lot of times have a little bit more of a, there's some weight there that you can see. And the kids are like smacking the window and playing. (laughs) It's like that. I'm sure like everyone's kind of dealing with that. I try and like create this like insula or insular safety, you know, away from the weight of the world. You can see this in the photo Sean took of our family, which is posted in the show notes for today's episode. There are lines of worry on my forehead. I look tired, but my daughter, who is snuggled up against my chest, is smiling up at me. Her joy is pure and authentic. My kids have had moments of discontent the past two weeks, but for them, this new way of life is like being on vacation. They're getting to spend more time with us, with my husband, Nate, especially, who they all adore. There's more downtime for naps and reading and playing. They miss their friends, but the gravity of this situation hasn't sunk in for them, largely because we've shielded them from it. 
While we're trying to reconfigure for a drastically reduced income, learning how to homeschool, and taking in all of the daily bad news of sickness and death, our kids are taking sighs of relief. I hate to admit it, but as hard as this time is for us, there are things about the way we're living right now that are better for our kids. We've had a lot fewer temper tantrums since all this started. The kids are slowly learning to do chores and help with cooking. Mostly, they like it. I think they like feeling like they're contributing. We've developed some new family rhythms, like starting every day with prayer and gratitude. I asked Sean about his own experience during this time, if he'd found his own silver linings. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's a hard one, and it's a hard one to come at, too. I've been wrestling with it a lot because I do feel like the positive sides of this thing also reflect a sense of privilege. You know, Absolutely. like I have a lot of worries, you know, economically, of course. Um, you know, I run a small business. The future of it is is cloudy, but we're not in any immediate need of food or or money, um, which a lot of people are. So I I recognize the privilege that comes with that. I also recognize the privilege that I have a two bedroom house in a backyard. That's really important to recognize, but you know, being able to spend time with my 10 month old and my wife, you know, and see them more is pretty amazing. You know, usually it's like I'm jamming off to work. I get like 45 minutes with Riley, my 10 month old in the morning and about an hour at night. And then wait until the weekend, you know, if I'm lucky, maybe it's a lesson in slowing down, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, this whole thing is nature pulling the emergency shutoff switch. It's like humans, you got to take a break. What we're doing is we're on crazy hyperspeed and it's all unsustainable. And, you know, we all know intrinsically we need to figure out a different way to operate on the planet, but no one's going to do it unless it's forced. I really resonate with this sentiment. For a long time, I felt like we were living with an intensity that didn't feel sustainable. I knew it was affecting my mental health, my relationships, and my interactions with my family, friends, and community. It was obvious there was a problem, but I didn't know how to change it. I wish I could say that I've figured all that out now. Having almost all of my daily obligations stripped away does help, but it still feels complicated. We live in a world that expects so much of us, maybe too much. Every day, I'm trying to find a way forward. Writing about these things and talking with others who are doing the same helps me to peel back the layers of the problem. Hopefully it can, you know, live a long life. And I look back on the work that I produced, like I want to be comfortable and safe and have my basic needs met, but also feel like I produced the work and art that I I wanted to in my life. I'm still trying to figure out for myself what kind of mother I can be in this world, what kind of writer, what kind of friend. Whether or not I've been setting unreasonable expectations for what daily life should look like. I don't have any answers yet, but like Sean, I hope I can come out of this time knowing that I added something good to the world. Sean is expanding his project to other neighborhoods to get different cross sections of society. You can see the pictures Sean has taken so far by following Corduroy Media on Instagram. You can find that link and the photo Sean took of my family on my website, laurajoycedavis.com. If you've enjoyed today's episode of Shelter in Place, I would love it if you could rate it and review it wherever you listen, share it with a friend, and subscribe. The Shelter in Place music was composed by Chase Horseman at Reactor Productions, and the Shelter in Place artwork was created by Sarah Edgel. As always, 
You can find links to the things I mentioned in each episode in my show notes at laurajoycedavis.com. Until tomorrow, this is Shelter in Place. I'm Laura Joyce Davis.